Hi from the CBS community, Carlos Summers in Philadelphia. A lovely, beautiful Wednesday morning. And it happens to be the yard site of whom? Who knows, Rabbi Yisai? Does anyone really know? But it was someone's yard site this morning, and, and uh, someone noticed it, and, and none of us said Tachnun. So it's uh, someone's yard site, and it should be Schus uh, for Gantz Klaizrol. And we continue here with Der Hashem. Der Hashem over here. We are in Chelek Bays, Perikei, Seven Gibble. And we're in the middle of a very, very delicate, very delicate discussion and development that we're delving into over here, and that is the heavenly court system. And we've seen that things are far, far, far from simple. There's so much going on behind the scenes <coughs> that, we're, that we're unaware of. So much that's going on all the time up there in Shemayim that we're completely oblivious to, and this is the system of the heavenly courts and the heavenly justices and judges, and every judgment that has to be passed down here is being adjudicated in the heavenly court system. All acts of Bechira, all discussions about events that will or will not befall humanity and the world, it's being dealt with, discussed, and ultimately decided in the heavenly courts. And the question is why? Why do we need such a complicated court system? Why isn't the Rebbein doing it himself? And we are halfway to answering this question. And we saw already the first half is there's a lot of courts and a lot of malachim in charge of these courts arguing this way and that way and the other way. And over every court is presiding a judge, not unlike what we have down here, as the Ramachal said, and here's all the arguments, and then he gives his verdict. And, and they have to have so many malachim making so many arguments and so many appeals and claims both directions because there's always a lot of variables that are going on. So many factors at work in any decision that anyone makes down here, you know. The inner world is so complex. The inner world is so um, active. All the different factors that were pulling me this way and pushing me the other way, and all those have to be taken into account. And the decision that's going to be rendered based on my behavior is ultimately going to be based on which of those factors are going to weigh in more. Do we go with the fact that he was having a really bad day, he went to sleep depressed the night before, and he woke up depressed the next morning? There's usually a good way to go, wake up depressed is to go to sleep depressed, hmm. right? So he woke up in a really rotten mood. He woke up really depressed, and everyone's being mean to him. And, um, you know, do we go with that factor? Those are the mitigating circumstances, and therefore we go easy on the guy? Or do we say, and on the other hand, does he, look how much he has to be happy about. Why, why, what business does this guy have being depressed? Yeah, there's people that really deserve to be depressed out there. This guy, why should he be depressed? Why is he letting himself sink into depression? Look how much bounty we've given him, how much bracha we've given him, how much shefa he has, how much he has to be thankful for. And we go that way, right? And so every little argument, every little knech, nuance that goes into the decision-making process has to be presented and represented by a different agent. That's why there's so many malachim, so many courts, and so many things going on up there in Shemayim. That is the first step that we've answered. That's the first step. Now, the second step which we have to answer is, okay, very nice, we get it, we get all that, but at the end of the day, why isn't the Rebbein still just bypassing the whole system every single time, just doing all this himself? He's in one flash aware of all these facts, he's aware of all the variables, and he himself can, can, can decide which way it's going to go. Why isn't he malachim? Myriads of malachim 
to represent and to present all their arguments because of all the different stadim, all the different ways of looking at things, and then either for something for Hashem to give the verdict or someone else to give the verdict. Why? Again, just bypass the whole thing. You can save a lot of manpower. You can downsize. You can downsize Shemaim tremendously. Get rid of all these malachim and let Hashem do everything himself. So we still haven't really seen a satisfactory answer for this. Let's now continue in Simon Gimel. Simon Gimel. Um, Invite you inside and, and, and uh, continue and try to unlock, maybe more people see some very, very, very fundamental uh, ideas this morning. And of course, once again, this morning's Der Hashem Shir is sponsored by <coughs> Rabbi Max and the Max Foundation, Max Mazonis Foundation, actually, I should say. Um, plenty of Mazonis over there for past chakras to keep our stomachs distracted while we try to focus our minds over here on Der Hashem. Uh, is, um, Thank you, Rabbi Max, the Max Mazinus Foundation. Okay, so Gimel. Nimsa Lafishai Rizeh. Comes out according to this principle. Sheena Kosh Barchu Donis Oilam, Bibichinas Yidi Asoi. The Rebbeinishal Oilam is not judging the world and dealing with the world from the standpoint of his omniscience, his knowledge. He's not working the world based on Kosh Barchu's own vantage point. Rather, the Rebbeinu Shalaylam is judging the world through the systems that he created and that he wants to be there governing the affairs of and running and managing the world. Those were two of the most powerful lines in this entire parak, maybe in the entire Sefer. And the Ramchal gave us the beginning of the answer to this question that which keeps coming back to, to vex us over here. Why is this whole arrangement of Malachim and judges and the Masmi'ilim and Maiminim, why is it all necessary? The Yerushim knows everything immediately, always, a Baruch Hu is outside time. So wh- why? Why is the whole thing necessary? The Ramchal just gave us such an amazing insight over here. It's for the very reason, and the Gufa, because of the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is outside of time and beyond the universe, and 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 not working within a realm of past, present, and future, and not working within a realm of factors and variables, and having to present information, argue information. It's gufa because of that that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is not running the system himself. And this gets back to we saw in the last parak, which is about the Rebbeinu is Yedei Hakol is is beyond space, beyond time, beyond everything. Yet, he doesn't interact with the world from his vantage point, from his perspective. He doesn't do that. Because, in the, again, the Bri would be meaningless. The whole Bri would be meaningless if the Rebbeinu Shalom interacts with the world, where the Rebbeinu Shalom is, where he exists, which is outside of the whole sphere of time, space, and everything, then it would be exactly akin to what, as we mentioned, <coughs> to the father, the dad, whose teenage son is trying to convince him to give him the keys to the pickup truck. I commend Dad, I'll, I'm going to be really careful. I just need to go down to the mall, pick up an air rifle. I'll, I'm telling you, no, I, 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 I was very careful. I kept track of how many beers I drank. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm a, I'm a really good driver. I'm a really good driver. Um, pick, up, pick up over three euros. Right, right, that's right. So he's trying to convince his dad to give him the keys to the pickup truck. 
And the father's, you know, in one way, the other way, well, one hand, you know, he's a good driver. On the other hand, he just went through a whole six-pack. On the other hand, you know, everyone drives the six-pack in their gun. On the other way, if he gets pulled over, hit somebody, insurance, nonchalant, I don't know, maybe, yeah. So he's going back and forth, trying to figure out what the right thing to do is. What if this father would have a machine? A time-space visualizer. You know about these things? And you crank it up and, and project it to 10 minutes in the future, and he sees not a a, a, a possible reality, he sees reality. He's at 10 minutes from now, he gives us on the, key, the keys, his son's, his son's gonna you know, drive right into a CVS. Again, his son's gonna create a 40 car pileup on, uh, on Roosevelt. Roosevelt. What? Roosevelt. On Roosevelt, yeah, of course on Roosevelt. One, one red light does that. So, uh, so if he would see that his son's about to get into some major crash, and, he, that, and that's exactly what's gonna happen, there's no having he's gonna give him the keys. Not gonna do that, that's, that's dumb, that's stupid. Bad move, it's a bad idea. Not gonna do that. We don't have these visualizers. We, we, we don't know ever what's going to happen in the future. We have to work with our, our, our common sense, with intuition, etc., and we make decisions based on the best that we can do. The three Bainashalim would deal with the Bria in terms of Akadosh Barhu's. Forget about never. Forget about. Uh, let's build this up. Um, he 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 would would be constantly aware of our failures and 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 have no reason at all to give us any um, chance, any choice, any ability to, to show our bechira when he sees that we're 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 about to fail with that. Success is yeah, I'll, I'll invest in that. But any time that it's known to Baruch that we're going to fail, why on earth is he is he is he is he funding that? Why on earth is he sponsoring that? Mm-hmm. Um, therefore, as we saw in the last parak, Hakadosh Baruch Hu works with the Bria within time, within Hayahayvaviya, and 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 how does that work? Now let's expand upon that. We just said that. We mentioned that, like, as a placeholder in, in previous parak. Now we, we see now how a lot of things are, are are sort of converging over here. A lot of different ideas are coming together. How does that work practically? That Akadosh Baruch Hu interacts with the Bria in a limited fashion, um, not within the scope of of his omniscience, his knowledge, and his uh, his prescience, his 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 uh, totality of of all encompassing. Awareness of, of everything that happened and will happen. How does he do that? By creating this system where the Bria is really more or less managed by Malachim. And the Bria is managed by beings, even though they're spiritual and their their idea far surpasses ours, but they're still within time and they're within the the system of past, present, and future. The Bria is run by Malachim. The Bria is governed by Malachim. And Kodesh Baruch is constantly powering that Bria. But one of the primary reasons why this whole system is set up is in order for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to create a system wherein the system will work. A system that allows for Bechira. A system that allows for successes and failures. A system that allows for Sheva Yipol Tzadik V'Kam. A system that allows for Sheva Yipol Rasha V'Loikam. A system that allows for all that at the same time as the, being, being 
created by a creator who is outside of, 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 any, time of any type of time frame or timeline. For this to work, for this to heal the function properly, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, again, his, the, the, the symptom that we're talking about right now, the limitation that we're talking about, is setting up a, a, a very vast system of levels and layers of malachim and kaychus that are there to govern the breed that are all within time, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is powering from beyond time, but they're running it within real time. So this is, again, very... Very fascinating connection that we're making right now. It's a part of, and a primary part of, why there's such a vast and, and, and uh, it, you know, near-infinite system of malachim and kaychas that govern the affairs of the Bria is for this very reason, for the Bria to be able to be governed in real time. And the Rebunshim to maintain that, so to speak, from a distance. And that's why as well, when it comes to judging the Bria, it's not the Rebunshim judging the Bria, it's the system that the Kodesh Baruch Hu set up, which is judging the Bria. When the Rebbeinah Shalalem would be judging the Bria, as we kept asking, why can't Kodesh Baruch Hu just do everything himself? Forget about the Malachim. Let's just, you know, downsize. Get rid of all these courts. Get rid of all the Batei Dinim Shalmalo. Get rid of all the Kategorim and Sanegorim. The Rebbeinah knows everything immediately. All the factors, all the variables, he knows the best way of adjudicating things. When the Rebbeinah does that, the Rebbeinah is destroying the Bria. Rebbeinah is destroying the Bria because he's working from his vantage point of ultimate Yediyah's vantage point of omniscience, and he's dealing with the Bria outside of time, outside of the time frame, and when, when that happens, the Bria kind of ceases to exist. The Bria can only function when it's being run and governed by agents and, 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 and justices and governing systems that are within the Bria, that are within time. Okay, so that's quite a, a, a mouthful, that's quite an earful, that's quite, I would think even a noseful over here of information to, to process, but we're going to take that even now one more step. We're going to see two big things now back to back. So that's first of the, that's the first step in answering this question, why the Rebbeinah is not doing it himself. Because if he's doing it himself, it's Mitzad, his Yediyah is outside the Bria, his Yediyah, if anything, destroys the Bria, goes against the Bria, goes against the very Avekshtel, the very principles and foundations that the Bria is founded upon, Okay. And look at the Ramchal saying that just like with two words, really. Let's read that again. Turns out, according to this Yisoy, HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't judge the world based on his Yediyah. He judges the world based on the systems that he had a Ratzin within, that he, he, he wheeled into existence. The systems that HaKadosh Baruch Hu <coughs> created in order for the Bria to work and how that, that he arranged in order for the Bria to work. So it's it's a, it's two opposite approaches over here. There's Hashem's Yediyah and the Seder Shesidr HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem's Yediyah and the Seder the Rebbein was Masada. They're, they're in conflict with one another. Hashem's Yediyah and Hashem's system are, are, are at odds with one another. Hashem's Yediyah destroys the Bria, so to speak. And by destroying, I know that's a very extreme lushan, but that just means it doesn't allow the Bria to function and the Seder that Hashem was misadded, that's what allows the Bria to function fakir. That's what the Bria is founded upon. The Seder that Hashem set up. Okay, so far so good. Now Hashem does maintain that. And sometimes Hashem will even step in as the presiding judge. But when Hashem steps in as the presiding judge, again, it's working within all those arguments, working within the system, of course, that, that, that govern the Bria. Let's go further. What Hashem also set up within the system of, of, of heavenly justices and judges is 
In addition, anytime there's a, a trial in Shemaim, deciding the fate of someone down here who is exercising his Bechira properly and improperly, and he has to be judged now by the Malachim that are working within the system of time, a Yid will only be judged up there when the Malachim that were relevant for his Bechira, that were involved, so to speak, in his Bechira, that were supposed to be involved, that were affected by his Bechira, those Malachim come forward. Those specific Malachim. Vahainu. Let's just read a couple more lines we'll, let's, and we'll digest and explain this. HaKadosh Baruch Hu appointed through his will and through his rats and as he saw appropriate agents, angelic agents over here, that are there to oversee and to keep track, keep, tack, keep tabs on everything that's happening down here. They come to the heavenly courts and they're made on what they are keeping track of, what they're monitoring and what they're keeping tabs on, what they're responsible for. Then the matter is decided and brought to Justice, and we have a whole court case. Okay, let's stop. Let, let's 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 digest and let, let, let's digest, decipher, and develop that. I probably need to decipher, then digest, then develop. We'll go in that order. The Ramchal is 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 really speaking out now. The second reason why. Um, it's the Malachim that are in charge and not HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the two ideas go hand in hand. They dovetail with each other quite nicely. And the second idea that he's speaking out over here is as follows. Those Malachim that are there creating emotions, a subpoena, and a, 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 a um, summons to judgment and creating a court case in Shemaim, and coming with their arguments, and their canter arguments, and their canter canter arguments, are the very same malachim that were monitoring and and um, responsible, let's say, for that action down here. And that doesn't mean monitoring and responsible. A, a person does an action down here, an act of Bechira, for good or for bad, it's never happening in a vacuum. It's happening in a in a world, and it's happening in a world that's waiting for that act of v'chira. As we saw earlier in the Sefer, every act of v'chira that we execute is doing many things simultaneously. It's granting shleimus to us, hopefully, or chas kilkul to us. It's either raising and elevating us or corrupting us, and by extension, it's raising or elevating the world or corrupting the world. No action that we that we um, actionate or actionize is happening in a vacuum, not a personal one, nor a, a global one. Every action that's actionated is affecting us within and debris without. And that's the job of the Malachim to oversee that and track that. And is this Yid, is his Bechira being applied properly to this realm of the Bria that these Malachim are in charge of. Those Malachim that are tracking my Bechira are the very Malachim that are waiting to, to see what I'm going to do with the area of the Bria that they're in charge of. So 
you know, there's a Malach that's in charge of gathering our tefillas, our beautiful, holy, sweet tefillas, and bring them up to Shammai. There's a Malach specifically waiting for my Shemona Esrei today. What am I going to do with my Shemona Esrei? That Malach is waiting to, to gather up my Shemona Esrei and bring it to Shemayim. And when I do a beautiful, sweet Shemona Esrei, I brought more Shlemus into myself, and I brought more Shlemus into the Bria via the fact that that Malach will now gather up that Shemona Esrei and bring it on high. The beautiful thing. And the Malach is, wait, is waiting for that. When I don't do that Chaz Hashem, I just have a Shemona Esrei where... You ask me afterwards, right after I finished my essay, did you, did you say Masha Baruch? I say, gosh, I can't remember. Well, it's still within 30 days, so, you know, I expected to remember you, but no, I can't remember I said Masha Baruch, right? You ask me, did you say the Baruch of Baruch Aleinu? Did you say the Baruch of Mechai Mesa? Do you remember saying the Baruch of Maidim? Remember saying the Baruch of Atachainim? Remember saying the Baruch of Reva Nenu? Lamal Shinim? Gosh, I can't remember if I said Shmak Leilenu. Now, how many Shman Esrays a day will that be our reaction? I'm not sure if I said Shmak Leilenu. You know, like we think we get put on the spot. Did you say Mashav Ruch? I don't know if I remember saying Mashav Ruch. Let's ask a better question. Did you say Barech Leilenu? Did you say Rif Leilenu? Did you say Shmak Leilenu? Gosh, I can't remember. I can't remember if I said Shmak Leilenu. How many times a day could we be caught on that, Rabbi? How many times Shman Esrays a day? At least five or six times a day, right? Well, we could be called out on that one and caught for not, not even remembering if we said any of the brachas. So he says Shemona Esrei like that. That the Malach that wanted to bring up that beautiful Shemona Esrei is being crippled now. It's being crippled, is being damaged and corrupted by my corrupted Shemona Esrei. I damaged myself, I damaged the Bria. And I, I damaged the Bria via that Malach that was in charge of that aspect of the Bria that wanted to ferry up my Shimon Esrei that's now unable to do that and is, on, uh, is unable to ferry and, 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 and transport a beautiful Halig of sweet Shimon Esrei and instead is bringing damaged goods that damages the Bria and damages the Malach. Does the speed with uh, one precise to Shimon Esrei going up to a minute or as long as it's a... It's, it's subjective. It depends if that's... Excuse me. It depends if that's affecting your kavana. Yes, if Ari's asking an excellent question, the speed, are the malachim stunted or, or by, by quick shmon esrays, are they, are they enhanced by long shmon esrays? They get more strength. Does the speed directly affect them? And the answer is it really is not a function of speed, it's a function of your own kavana. If someone really throws himself into that shmon esray, he may be saying the words quickly, maybe Davni quickly, but that could be maybe producing a beautiful Shemona Esrei. You can have conversely someone who Davni's a very long Shemona Esrei. They say, Rabbi, you know, you would have been better off playing tiddlywinks. You know, you Davni, the half hour Shemona Esrei, in that half hour, how much did you accomplish? You know, I don't know. You're like spacing out all the minutes. That's why it took you a half hour. So it's not a function of speed at all. It's a function of your kavana. They say the briskerov used to fly through Shemona Esrei. Briskarov used to fly through his Shmona Esrei. They asked him once. You guys know the story? They asked the Briskarov, you know, the one that's telling me to mask him. Maybe it was his son. Tat the Shmona Esrei. Lifeman, Lifeman, you fly through your Shmona Esrei? So Briskarov said, he said, uh, he said, let's say, you know, you have a raging river. And you got to cross this river. And this is like this narrow rope bridge with any 
handrails or you know guard, a very narrow rope crossing this river. The only way across is like walk across this rope or walk across a very, very narrow bridge, right? So how do you get across a very narrow bridge? Was what the briskarov say? No, that's not what he said. No, no, no. That's certainly not. No, the Rav said, what, what do you do, Rabbi Isai? You run. You run. You run. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to slip. You're going to fall. He says, Shimon Ezrei is such a treacherous place. If I, if I space out, lose my kavana, I'm standing in front of the Bayre Eilam and just mumbling things. With that kavana, that's a raging, roaring river. I can't afford to do that. I've got to run across that, and that's how I'm able to maintain kavana all the way through. Who's the briskarov. I thought the Bursar Rav said something, I could be completely wrong, which I probably am. Um, Hashem, uh, like, gave the, he said two words at once, like he said the, yeah. Hashem said Sacha it, Bishamar. right, two words at once, so you say it fast in order to get as much, like, two words at once, so because you want to be, something like, so. He wants to be able to try to say all the words at the same time? Yeah, or something like that, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know, I'm not familiar <laughs> with that one. But uh, this is what I am familiar with. I think uh, that's more of a Hasidic Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Briska Rebbe. It was from the Briska Rebbe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yes, but, uh, but the Yosef Ari, you see, the Briska Rebbe used to run through the Shimon Esri because that's how he was maintaining Kabbalah. That's how he was maintaining his Kabbalah. Yeah, so it's all, it's, all, uh, it's all relative. Um, anyway. What? The Gara Rebbe is famous for that. For flying. Maybe, maybe, that, maybe that's what Shalom Ruvain. Uh, <laughs> or the same Cheshvan? I think so, yeah. But not Al-Tichel and Sibura. No, they didn't want to do it. Yeah. So that was the Moshe the Briskarov gave. They crossing this very narrow bridge across the Raging River. You gotta, if you stop for a moment, you're going to fall off. Um, um, so anyway. Um, so, so something comes out over here, Rabbi like Half of a fellow. The, the, the second reason why it's the malachim that are judging us in Shemayim is not so much, it's not so much that um, we're giving them another jab. Not so much that, okay, we need someone to judge the and Okay, let's just bring all these malachim in. No, it's the other way around. What these malachim are really doing is presenting to the Bezen Shomalo where they were damaged and corrupted, or where they were empowered, enhanced, and, and beautified. And that's what's being presented in Shemayim, is a constant auditing of the Bria, and every malach that's coming in with the argument this way or that way are the malachim that were directly affected by the Bechira. That's the second half of this whole rich, grand picture over here of what's going on in the heavenly court system. The malachim that are coming in is not just like an arbitrary assignment that they were given. Okay, you'll argue against this one, you'll argue for this one. We need It's very complicated, so we'll just assign malachim to every aspect. It, it, it's, it's direct and it's immediate, it's consequential. It's those very malachim that were affected by everyone's bechira. Those very malachim that were waiting for Shlemus, and they got it, or they were waiting for Shlemus, they didn't get it. They're coming and presenting themselves to Shemaim as part of the greater system of the Bria that's waiting for Shlemus. Those are the malachim that are presenting their testimony, their evidence in Shemaim. Amazing idea. Um, okay. So... It's late. We'll continue with this tomorrow. I, I, I could fly to the end of the paragraph today, but instead maybe we'll fly to the end of the paragraph tomorrow. <coughs> yeah, but this is the bulk of like the, the, the basic yesoidists that are going on over here in this paragraph we just spoke at. The Ramchal will illustrate it with bringing rise from Psukim and rise from Chazal. It's going to be brought in a very, very um, 
very beautiful way. Um, uh, this is, uh, but the, the, the main kishkas over here of the paragraph we just developed, Baruch Hashem, as, as the Ramchal is showing us, and we will uh, continue tomorrow, and, and everyone should have a wonderful today. Okay.